Welcome to Daily Living. My name is Shirley, and here on Daily Living, we focus on our daily walk with Christ. I think it's important that I always remind myself that my faith is not on the doctrines of men, but that my faith is in Christ. I am not a follower of man. I am not a follower of doctrine. I'm not a follower of rules, but I am a follower of Jesus Christ. I live my life according to the word of God as the Holy Spirit teaches me. So if you are a Christian, you have given your life to Christ, but you feel empty you're anxious, you're not content, you're unfulfilled, then you are in the right place. If you don't know Christ at all, but you feel all these things, and every road that you have been chasing has not bring you the peace that you are seeking, then you are in the right place. I pray that this word is able to bring you closer to God, that this station is able to bring you closer to God, and that God will use me as a vessel to lead you closer to the one and only Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. In today's episode, I wanted to talk about a spiritual pandemic that is taking over the country. And I think as of late, it has become a little bit more apparent because it's like everywhere I turn, I am reminded of all the practices and things that we as Americans have been adopting as culture. We as Christians has been adopting as okay, never really understanding in the spirit realm what we are actually doing. So in today's episode, I want to talk a little bit about spiritual pandemic. And a pandemic is defined as an epidemic or a widespread occurrence of an infectious disease that has spread across a large region or throughout the United States. Now, I think before 2020, we may have had to go a little bit deeper, but since we had experienced a pandemic ourselves, it's pretty clear how a pandemic actually works. So a pandemic is also defined as a global epidemic, a global widespread of an infectious disease. 
is it is a disease that is easily transferred that can be spread easily you know um when the pandemic first occurred a lot of us had to we're afraid to even breathe the air because it was transferred through the air so there were all these fear of how much it was highly infectious the very first pandemic that the united states um had was back in 1918 it was the spanish flu it was the first of three flu pandemics the united states lost millions of people to this pandemic and there were more casualties than world war one world war ii the korean war and the vietnam war combined so as the world entered into a pandemic, the underlying spiritual pandemic has only increased in strength without any detection or recognition of the damage. So we entered into a pandemic that infects our bodies, but we, many of us, are unaware of the spiritual pandemic that is occurring right now. It is going unrecognized. It is undetected by many of us. A spiritual pandemic is defined as anything that opens the door to a spiritual infectious disease by way of the enemy. So a spiritual pandemic or a spiritual infection is anything that opens us up to the enemy. Any open door to the enemy. Now, unlike a physical pandemic, the spiritual can remain undetected, like we said. But the most dangerous aspects, I think, about the spiritual pandemic is that Many are not even aware that they have been infected because of our lack of knowledge, our lack of understanding. Isaiah 4.6 reads, my people perish due to lack of knowledge. And I have to tell you guys, like this is really a scripture that stays on my mind a lot. My people perish due to lack of knowledge. Before I got saved, there was a saying that I used to say all the time. What you don't know can't hurt you. What you don't know can't hurt you. Nope, that is so far from the truth. What you don't know will kill you. Because imagine there is a meteorite coming straight for your house because you don't know you don't know that you have to escape that you can escape and what we don't know as Christians has been destroying us has been keeping us in bondage the enemy thrive on the fact that we don't know stuff it's like 
somebody having a stone that is worth a million dollars. But because you lack knowledge and because you lack understanding of the value of what you have in your hands, you give it away for a dollar. Yes, and maybe you, you know, we're not doing so well financially. And a million dollars could have saved you, your life, your family. But you give it away for a dollar because you lack knowledge. A lack of knowledge is what is bringing this spiritual pandemic to full force. And the enemy is thriving on that. You know, I'm always thinking about the enemy doesn't care whether you understand what he's doing or not. His goal is to get what he wants, is to get you out of alignment with God, is to get you to be disobedient to God, is for you not to do the purpose that God put you on this earth for. In whatever way, he doesn't care as long as you're not doing the will of God. It's the same thing when he approached Eve. He didn't approach Eve with truth. He deceived Eve. He let Eve think or didn't help, didn't let her realize that she was being disobedient to God. Instead, he encouraged her disobedient to God. Because he knew if they came out of alignment with God, that the very power and authority that was given to Adam, he can take it from Adam. So the enemy doesn't need you. He doesn't need you to understand that because if you do, you're going to stand against him. He needs you to remain ignorant in this season. Beloved, we are in the last days. We are in the last days. This is the time for us to prepare ourselves because the world is growing increasingly darker every day. Every time I turn around, We live in a time where we are bombarded with all type of things. Work, social media. Social media itself, it's breeding so much um, anxiety, depression. It has people looking at other people's lives thinking it's better. We are in a state of overindulgence we're buying things that we don't need we're eating food even when we're not hungry we are in the state of seeking fulfillment and as a result we are looking everywhere to be content we're trying to look at every culture to be content but yet 
our stress level is going higher mental health is in at an increase increasing high more people are suffering from mental health than ever before suicides is going higher than ever before people are actually going under surgery to feel accepted people want love people want peace but they can't find it the surgery doesn't help food doesn't help because it's temporary we were created with a hole in us that can only be filled by Christ and that's the thing the world will have us believe that we can fill it up with everything we can do yoga we can go in do these different you know um healing rituals you know that has all type of different cultural backgrounds and origins in the demonic we're looking for all these things to bring us peace to make us feel whole but the only person that can do that is Christ see the devil's primary focus is to take your eyes off of God he does not care if you put your focus on him, if you put your focus on your work, if you put your focus on your children, if you put your focus on your troubles, if you put your focus on your husband, just as long as it's not on Christ. I am reminded of Matthew 22 to 33 says this is the story of when Jesus walked on water I'm not going to read the whole thing but I just want to read part of it it says shortly before dawn this is verse 25 Jesus went out to them walking on the lake when the disciples saw him walking on the lake they were terrified it's a ghost they said and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, this is verse 28, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said, and this is Jesus. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. So now we know that Peter came out of the boat and he, just like Christ, walked on water. And it said, I kind of lost my. Then those who were in the boat worshiped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. When they had crossed over, verse 30 says, But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. Cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. 
You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? Now, I love this story and this story keeps coming back to me because when Peter took his eyes off of Christ and he started focusing on the waves, he started focusing on his troubles, he started focusing on the wind, he just began to drown immediately. And this is what we do. We take our eyes off of God and we start focusing on our problems. We start focusing on our children. We start idolizing our work. We don't make time for God. And we're all guilty of that. I'm guilty of that. And we take our eyes off of God and we wonder why are we drowning? Peter was walking on water just fine then suddenly he leaned into his own understanding i was thinking about what probably started going through his mind sometimes we block ourselves out of our blessing because we start to try to analyze how could this be i was thinking peter probably was thinking this is impossible how am I walking on water? How is it there's a storm and I have stepped out of the boat and I am walking on water? He started leaning into his own understanding. He started allowing the spirit of fear to come in. He started counting on his own logic. And as a result, he drowned. He started drowning and it was because he doubted. The very foundation of what the enemy does is he comes against our faith because the Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. And so if we don't have faith in God, it's not possible for us to please him because we're not always going to have understanding. And even if he gives us understanding, sometimes his understanding and his wisdom is so great that it goes over our head like we don't get it. So you have to operate with God by faith. But what the enemy does is he comes to get you to doubt. Anytime you are afraid, it is a spirit of doubt because God didn't give us a spirit of fear. So if you are afraid when Jesus told Peter, walk on water, and now Peter had become fearful of what could happen to him, then that means he didn't believe Christ. That's why Christ said, why did you doubt? He didn't trust Christ enough to say, well, God told me to do this, so I know I'm going to be okay. He didn't trust them enough to say that. And this is the whole plan of the enemy. To get us to doubt. To deceive us. So that we never actually get to the bottom of the problem. And so we are constantly seeking for solution. 
Because whether we are aware of it or not, we are spiritually infected. Because if you are whole, you'll know. Because you'll have Christ that lives in you. You will be content. You will be full. But many are not experiencing that. And this is the increase of darkness that's happening in this time. Because we are infected. We are infected. Why? Because we have allowed us to be deceived. We have allowed us to be deceived so much that we are seeking in our own understanding, our own knowledge on how to heal, on how to become whole, how to become content in this world. And that does not exist, beloved. Outside of Christ, it doesn't exist, especially for the times that we're coming in. It doesn't exist. Matthew 6.23 says, But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? How great is that darkness? So, I used to meditate on this scripture a lot, mostly because I didn't understand it. So, there was a pastor that I used to say it all the time, and I never, but my spirit would always keep repeating it, but I just, I didn't understand. I'm like, what do you mean? But how great is your darkness? <laughs> if your light be darkness, how great? is your darkness the way that i've come to understand it is like wearing shades if you put on shades right now let's say if your shades are tainted pink everywhere you look with those shades are going to be tainted pink if you have black shades Everywhere you look is going to be tainted pink. Many of us, this is how the enemy deceives us. He deceives us by giving us colored tainted glasses, colored tainted lenses. And because our eyes is a gate, right? Our eyes or ears are gates, right? Into our soul, our spirit. What happens is we get full of darkness our eyes get tainted and now everything that we look at is tainted in that color. So if you're tainted pink, everything is tainted pink. Our perception, and here's the thing, our perception determines how we experience the world around us. So now that we have tainted color, we're not seeing clearly, we have tainted color lenses. Now our perception is altered in the way we perceive the world, in the way we perceive things around us. And this is the deception of the enemy. And so if 
everything you look at is from a tainted lens. The word says, how great is that darkness? Everything around you is deception. Like there is no truth in you. Because you're deceived. So you will do things thinking that you are doing things correctly, but it's not true. And so I truly believe that one of the things that really started to kind of bring, invite this deception is when we have, we started accepting relative truths and not absolute truths. A relative truth is something that is true for one person, but not the other. That, that opens the door for deception. So my truth is my truth, but there's only one truth. There's only one way. There's only one road to life and that is through Christ. But we live in a world where truth is relative. My truth is my truth. I can say I'm an alien and you must accept it. I can say today I am a dog and you have to accept it because that is my truth. That's relative truth. It is all deception. If my light be darkness... How great is that darkness? If your light be darkness, how great is that darkness? And so because we have no truth, everybody is out here doing whatever they want, seeking whatever path that they feel like is the truth for them. The enemy is skillful. Everybody is out here looking for their truth, their relative truth, and they reject absolute truth. This is why I can watch a video where a man is debating with another man about biology, simple biology, and can't agree with the absolute truth that a man is a man and a woman is a woman. It's relative truth. It's all deception. It's all demonic. And so the world is looking for all these different ways to get healing. And I'm saying this because I want to talk about an invitation that I had for an ultimate guide to self healing mind, body, and soul. And there's this young lady, she has a business that she has built. And her whole idea is to help women to get inner healing. And it's through this, and I'm probably going to butcher this name, but it's a a Ayurvedic wisdom And what I was able to find out about it was it is some type of Hindu ritual. It sounds good. It sounds really profound. And I'm sure many women registered for this. 
But where did that thing come from? Where did it originate from? Where did it come from? Nobody knows. We're practicing things. We are inviting things into our homes. And we're not understanding that everybody that attended this ultimate guide to self-healing mind, body, and soul event open a demonic door into their lives. Why? Because the Bible says when God was talking to the Israelites in the Old Testament, he told them, don't serve me like the pagans do. Don't do the things that they do. Don't go to their altars. Don't practice the way they do. Burn everything. And for the pagans, they always looked at the Israelites like, you guys are weird. You are not able to do anything. You can't do nothing. But the truth is, is God knew. God knew that everything that the pagans were doing were opening doors, demonic doors into their lives. And he wanted to keep the Israelites pure, sanctified and holy. That's why they were going through all these rituals and sacrificing and repentance and, you know, and cleansing of sins because God knew that these people were into demonic things. They were into things that's opening them up to be infected. And what I mean by infected, spiritual infection is you open the door for the enemy. So you open your door for some type of demonic spirit for something to happen in your life or in your bloodline. Just by going to this event, many have made dev demonic covenants unknowingly just because they accepted this fancy idea of, oh, self-healing. There's only one healer in this world. And his name is Jesus Christ. There's only one healer. His name is Jehovah Rapha. He is the healer. So there's so many of these things that is being surfaced as being normal. We are modernizing demonic cultures. We are modernizing, you know, things that were rooted in Hindu religions and, you know, African religions. We are modernizing these things to be a trend, not realizing that all we are doing is opening ourselves up to be spiritually infected. And because we're spiritually infected, we go around infecting others, not knowing that we ourselves are infected. Because how bad can it be? I mean, this is for healing mind, body, and soul. Why would it be bad? And I promise you, I am not talking from just me looking at this. I had the opportunity to speak to a young lady that gave her life to Christ. And hopefully one day I'll be able to have an interview with her. But she used to practice this. She used to practice. Um, she used to do um, 
tarot card reading. She was in that life. She used to do spells. And when I showed her this name, she was like, yes, I used to do this too. This is demonic. And she was the one that was able to give me a little background on this practice because I had never heard of it before. In the same way, they have these things now. Well, it's been happening, but it was um, waist beads, which a lot of women wear it for weight loss. It is an African culture. But the little bit of research that I did, I don't think is of God. The very person that I was talking to, God gave me a vision as I was talking to this lady and I saw a woman covered by beads and immediately I was like, oh, I got to look into that. And I'm not saying every beads, but we just got to be careful. Why? Because the word of God says in Hosea 4, 6, my people perish due to lack of knowledge. Some of those beads have spells on them. The color combination of those beads means something. The different colors mean something. The color combination of them means something. Some of them are being worn for fertility reasons, which if you're seeking other means to be fertilized, that's demonic because you're not going to God. So I'm learning that there is a really deep-rooted spiritual thing that is associated with bees. But we look at it like it's nothing. Why would this be a problem? Or we may look at Christians like, you guys are so uptight. Why you don't do this, you don't do that? Because the world is increasingly growing in darkness. And this is why a revival, we are going into the time of revival because the world is accepting all type of paganism practice. Even Christians is accepting all sorts of pagan practices and trying to use these pagan practices to worship the Lord. Yoga. I've had a whole episode about yoga. Yoga is a reverence to other gods. It is a Hindu culture. It is, it is the very foundation of Hindu religion. It is not a sport. But we have modernized through our rose-colored glasses. We have modernized a religious practice. And we're trying to fold it and mold it into serving God with it. And be like, well, you know what? I'm just going to be praying to God while you're worshiping demons. I can't remember that passage, but how can light and darkness fellowship together? Because where light is, true light, darkness flee. It has to flee. 
It can't stand light. So the question is, how great is your darkness? If your eyes are unhealthy because you're watching all type of demonic shows, you are watching all type of, you know, witches, you're reading books that is contrary to the word of God. How great is your darkness? Your whole perception on life has been tainted. First Timothy 4, 1, 2, 3 says, The Spirit clearly says that in later times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Do you guys hear that? Tell me the Bible isn't amazing. Spirits clearly says, the Spirit says, that in later times, this is what we're walking into right now, that in later times, some will abandon the faith. Why are people abandoning the faith? It goes back to Hosea. Because we lack knowledge. We don't understand spiritual principles. We don't read our Bible. We don't have a personal relationship with God. And for a lot of us, we just don't have any patience. We want things done the way we want things at the times that we want things to happen. And so what the devil does, when you go to him, he responds immediately. Look at us now. If I order a package on Amazon and it takes 10 days, I'm upset. Because why? We want instant gratification. We have no more patience for anything at all. And that's how the enemy works. When you go to the devil for something, he gives it to you right away. But God, God's going to take his time. God is like, no, I know the time that I want to give you this. You're going to have to wait on my time, not yours. And some of us don't want to wait. That's one. Some of us, because we lack spiritual understanding, because we lack knowledge, we are praying wrong. We're not praying in the right way. We're not fasting. We're not going in and have understanding of everything that the enemy is actually doing to us. We're not looking at our generation. What did our generation do? We're not repenting. And because we don't understand these things, we're just praying, Lord, save us, save us. And sometimes God is like, I've already given you the authority to save yourself. Why are you looking at me? This is where we lack knowledge. But listen to what the word of God says. It says, and this is the reason why so many are abandoning the faith and they will follow deceiving spirits. All these people that are turning to um, yoga that's turning to you know all these other demonic practices and other religions and all these things it's not that they're bad people they're seeking something they have lost their faith and now they are now following deceiving spirits and they are learning things that are taught by demons Such teachings come through hypocritical liars 
whose conscience have been seared as with a hot iron. They forbid people to marry and order them to abstain from certain foods, which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and who know the truth. So we are living in a time where we are opening ourselves up because we have been infected. We are receiving knowledge and understanding through that has been taught by demons. It's so many things that's coming to light. I went to the library a couple weeks ago. And when I walked in the library, I was shocked. I was so shocked that I took a picture because, well, it wasn't a library. It was um, Barnes and Noble. When I walked in Barnes and Noble, I was shocked because on my right and on my left, they were all demonic books at the very entrance of the store. They had um, tarot cards books. They had books about, you know, all type of like, you know, things that's associated with witches, all demonic books. I paused and I looked around and I looked at all the books and I was shocked. This is the world that we live in right now. This is the world that we live in right now. And the Bible warned us of this. Second Timothy chapter three, verses one to five says, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of themselves, lovers of money. They will be boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, Without love, we go around telling people we love all the time, but we have no idea, no understanding what love really is. Unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure. That is one of our biggest pitfalls. We love pleasure rather than lovers of God having a form of godliness, but denying its power, having nothing to do. And, and then he says, have nothing to do with such people. We live in a world where people only think about themselves, where people love themselves more than they love others where we have no real understanding of what love really is. I think even for myself, I have been going through a journey of learning God's love and how God loves us and how to love others. You have to love at a sacrifice of yourself. And your love doesn't mean that you have to control people. You have to allow people to be themselves. That's what God does with us. Even when we hurt him, he still gives us the opportunity to make a decision to choose him or not to choose him.
When I read this passage, it saddens me because this is where we are right now. The world is increasingly growing darker and darker every day. We are in a spiritual pandemic. And there's only one cure. There's only one vaccination. And that is to receive Christ as our Lord and Savior. And that is to serve him with all of our hearts. This is the time for us to do the work that God has called us to do. If you feel in your spirit that God has been calling you to do something whatever it is in your workplace, to leave your job, to move, whatever it is that God is calling you to do. If you feel that tugging more than ever now, this is the time. We, this, there's no more time to play games. You are either for Christ or you're against him. That's it. Revelation 21, eight says, but the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexual immorals, those who practice magic arts, idolaters, those are people that put things before God, and all liars, they will be co-signed to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. I've been watching some documentaries that has been so informative one of them is the social media dilemma. Another one is the minimalist. It's on Netflix. I thought they were so, they were so in tune with what we are dealing with and experiencing right now. We have become such idolaters when it comes to putting things, food, um, keeping up with the Joneses, all these things at the forefront over God. And we have been embracing more pagan cultures. So not only are we turning our hearts to God, we are deliberately seeking out different pathways into the spirit realm the back door, as they would say, into the spirit realm that is against God. So many people are doing magic these days. So many witches these days. Witches are not even afraid to speak up anymore. Like they have, they have, um, they have congregation. I think there was like, uh, some type of demonic cover, you know, festival or something in one of those states not too long ago. Like they are in your face. So many people are willingly going into witchcraft. We are in the last days. This is the time for the remnant to arise. If God gave you a voice, speak. If God told you that you are an instrument worker to change the atmosphere, do that. We are coming to a point of the greatest revival ever. Why? Because darkness is increasing in this world. So what are we to do in this time right here? 
Um, I like to read about the parable of the ten virgins. So it says, at the time of the kingdom of heaven, will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bride's groom, which is Jesus Christ. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps, but they did not take in any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long, was a long time in coming and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. This is what we are going through right now. You have the 10 virgins that are foolish. Those are the virgins that don't have any extra oil. We are not seeking the Lord. We are not in his presence. We have become weary. We feel like it's been taking so long. We start asking, is God, is Jesus really coming back? Or is this make-believe? And so what we do, we fall asleep. We get deceived. We put on our shades. And then you have the wise ones who continue. They brought their oil with them. They brought extra oil with them. The oil is the, the anointing, the Holy Spirit. And the only way that you can do that is by being in the presence, being in prayer, being in the word of God. And so many people are not doing that. So the scripture says at midnight, the cry rang out. Here's the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish one said to the wise, give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied. They're not, there may not be enough for both of us in you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourself. So now the foolish brides, they realize that they, are, they ran out of oil. And they don't have enough oil to go and meet up with the bridegroom. And so now they're asking the wise virgins, can we get some of yours? We need to be ready. We need to be prepared. We need to bring extra jars of oil with us. We cannot allow the enemy to lull us back to sleep. We just can't. Because at the end of the day, when we leave this earth, I want Christ to look at me and say, well done, my faithful daughter. I don't want him to say, depart from me, for I never knew you. Because verses 21 to 23, chapter 7, 21 to 23 says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? 
and in your name drive out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Not me. Not me. We need to be like the, t the five wise virgins. We need to have our oil prepared. We need to have a relationship with Christ and we need to seek him more than ever. And please, beloved, listen to this. Your relationship with God is not dependent on the church that you go to. Please do not count on your pastor to be the mediator between you and God. We are not living in those times anymore. We're living in a time where you're going to have to know Christ for yourself. I have to know Christ for myself because no matter what the world is going to increasingly get darker. And if you can't hear God for yourself and hear instructions for yourself, you will perish. And worse, you may even go back to sleep where God will tell you depart from me. I never knew you. I don't want that for nobody. Not even nobody, not even my worst enemy. So if you realize that you need Christ, you need him to save you. You need to get closer to him. You realize the urgency of the time that we are in. And you know that without him, you will not survive. Without him, you can't live. You have no light without him. Why don't you say this prayer with me? Dear Lord, I recognize that I have not lived my life for you. Up until now, I have been living for myself and that is wrong. I need you in my life. I want you in my life. I acknowledge the completed work of your son, Jesus Christ, and giving his life for me on the cross at Calvary. And I long to receive the forgiveness you have made freely available to me through this sacrifice. Come into my life now. Lord, come into my life and take up residence in my heart, in my mind, in my thoughts, in my emotions, in my body, and be my King, my Lord and my savior from this day forward i will no longer be controlled by sin or the desires to please myself but i will follow you all the days of my life those days are in your hands i ask this in jesus precious name in holy name amen